This is Ticker Symbol U, a podcast focused on highlighting advanced technologies that are transforming our lives and disrupting their competitors in the process. My name is Alex, and I'm definitely not a financial advisor. I'm just a nerd that loves sharing my personal vision of the future and putting my money where my mouth is. To learn more, find me at tickersymbolu.com or youtube.com slash tickersymboluyou. Let's start with this. Something pretty special just happened in the stock market. CNN's Fear and Greed Index is sitting at a 6 out of 100, so it's deep in extreme fear territory, exactly where it was when the pandemic began. As of this recording, the Nasdaq is down about 28% from its peak as well. That's officially a bigger drop than the drop back when the pandemic started. But there's also something special about this crash in particular. It's focused on high-growth tech companies with long time horizons. For the last two years, these companies have had a massive opportunity to raise capital, low interest rates on loans, and insanely high share prices compared to their revenues. Now that interest rates are rising and their share prices are down 70% or more, we're back to survival of the fittest. The winners will be the ones that raised money smartly and have a plan to spend it effectively. The losers will burn through their cash and die out. In my opinion, right now is a great time to update your watch list. Really narrow it down. What are the companies that you regretted not buying into two years ago? Not just because the stock price went up, but because you know you'd be happy to hold these businesses over the next 10 years. Well, take a look at them now because some of them could be even cheaper than when the pandemic began. Here are three high-growth companies that are floating to the top of my watch list right now. Full disclosure, I'm not a financial advisor, and I'm already a shareholder in all three of them, either directly or through the ARK Invest funds. So I'm slowly averaging down on these positions, and I only put my mouth where my money is. That sounded better in my head. Let's start with Shopify, ticker symbol SHOP. Shopify stock is down almost 80% from its all-time highs last November, falling to a market cap of around $45 billion today. That's actually lower than its valuation back in 2019, well before the pandemic began. Shopify is a Canadian company that runs the largest e-commerce platform in the world. Shopify helps businesses create, manage, and grow their online stores. It provides users with a customizable digital storefront, an easy-to-use checkout and payments processor, and even a shipping partner. Shopify also has a wide range of features to help businesses market and sell products online, manage their inventory, and track orders. Shopify has an app store with a wide range of apps and integrations that bring in new functionality to the stores that use them. There are over 6,000 free and paid apps for additional services on the app store like accounting, data analytics and reporting, virtual try-ons, customer service, and so on. So, Shopify is kind of like the business-to-business iPhone for e-commerce. That's a great market position to be in. Almost 2 million businesses across 175 different countries use Shopify today. But there are over 65 million small and medium-sized businesses around the world. People can build their entire business on top of Shopify from generating their first logo to fully managing multi-store operations. That makes Shopify very sticky. It costs a lot to switch to a different platform, especially if your business uses a lot of these apps and integrations from their marketplace. That also means that there's a huge total addressable market for Shopify to scale into. The reason they have so much scale is because they work with businesses of all sizes across almost every vertical. They're even launching support for NFTs so that brands can offer exclusive content, merchandise, and perks to their holders, kind of like they already do with their loyalty and rewards programs today. Speaking of NFTs, this episode is sponsored by FTX US. 
FTX US is the most complete crypto app, allowing people to buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, and other digital assets, including NFTs. And soon, they'll be launching stocks. You might have heard of FTX after Tom Brady partnered with them and took an equity stake in the company. That's because FTX has up to 85% lower fees than their top competitors. They let you earn free crypto on every trade over $10, and they're already trusted by millions of investors. So download the FTX app today using the link below and use the code TSYOU to get started. All right. Let's take a look at Shopify's financials. In addition to subscription revenue from their online platform and in-person point-of-sale solutions, Shopify takes a percentage commission on services like payment processing, shipping and fulfillment, loans, and so on. That means Shopify wins as their customers grow, because they make a percentage on their gross marketplace volume, or GMV. Before the pandemic began, Shopify's GMV was growing at 53% per year. But since the pandemic, that number grew at 57% for almost two years straight. So, of course, Shopify's growth is going to slow down again now that the world is opening back up and more shoppers are spending more time in physical stores. That's why it's important that Shopify also offers a physical point-of-sale solution that integrates with their digital platform. Gross marketplace volume for their POS solutions is up almost 80% year over year. So, Shopify is having its cake and eating it too. Shopify's growth outpaced e-commerce growth and point-of-sale growth last year, meaning they increased their market share both online and off. And of course, as Shopify rolls out new products and services, they have more ways to capture revenue from their existing clients, as well as attract new ones. They have Shopify payments for payment processing, Shopify capital for small business loans, and Shopify markets for international businesses, all of which are accelerating in adoption. It's not all rainbows and sunshine for Shopify. Here are some of the real headwinds that they're facing in the near term. Lack of future stimulus checks. No more lockdowns forcing people to shop online. Increased spending on travel and experiences, which Shopify doesn't sell much of. Labor shortages stopping people from launching new online businesses. Ongoing supply chain disruptions. And inflation causing spending to shift to discount retailers. But in my opinion, those risks aren't really unique to Shopify. They're going to be true for almost everyone doing business online. Still, they're worth pointing out. The next company on the list is Twilio, ticker symbol TWLO. Twilio is down 75% from where it was last summer. It's now trading at an $18 billion market cap, which is where it was back in early 2019, again, well before the pandemic began. Chances are you've interacted with Twilio without even realizing it. If you've ever booked an Airbnb and gotten a confirmation text, that's Twilio. If an Uber driver has ever texted you through the Uber app, that's Twilio. Twilio is becoming the go-to platform for online business communications, not just between businesses and their customers, but between machines as well. They build application programming interfaces, or APIs, that businesses can use to send and receive text messages, WhatsApps, emails, voice calls, and programmable video streams. Twilio enables these kinds of communications at a massive scale so that even the biggest businesses in the world can use them to talk to their customers. For example, a few years ago, Twilio acquired SendGrid, a popular platform for transactional and marketing emails. Twilio scaled its email infrastructure to be able to send a whopping 4 billion emails in a single day. That way it can cover all of the marketing demand for shopping holidays like Black Friday and Cyber Monday. The thing to understand here is that every company needs to have digital solutions like these. The only question is whether they're going to build them internally or partner with a company like Twilio. 
The problem with building these solutions internally is that it costs a lot of time and money, and it requires a completely separate set of skills from the core business. Clothing stores and ride-sharing apps aren't exactly in the business of building communications infrastructure. But the problem with buying these solutions is that they're typically one-size-fits-all, while every industry, brand, and media channel comes with all sorts of different needs and constraints. The key to great marketing is personalization. People are much more likely to engage with emails and texts and ads when they think it was crafted just for them. That's why Twilio acquired Segment in late 2020. Segment is a leading customer data platform. Traditionally, different communication channels are handled with separate teams using different processes, tools, and analytics. Segment lets developers bring together customer data from every channel, like text, email, and WhatsApp, so that they can see a unified view of who each customer is and how the business has interacted with them. Segment provides analytics into how many messages are getting opened, how many links are getting clicked, and how much money customers are ultimately spending. That way, businesses can make their content across every channel more personalized and impactful. Just like Shopify, Twilio makes money in two ways. The first is with usage-based fees for things like call minutes and sending a text message. The other way they make money is from direct services like providing phone numbers. Let's take a look at Twilio's financials. Twilio's organic quarterly revenue grew by 35% year over year. I like to look at their organic revenue because it doesn't include revenue from their recent acquisitions that they haven't exactly integrated into their business quite yet. It also doesn't include things like carrier fees that Twilio charges their customers but just passes them back to the carriers themselves. Let me point out a few things here. First, 35% year-over-year growth is pretty incredible. What that tells me is that their growth from the pandemic wasn't just pulled forward from future years and they've saturated their market kind of like Netflix. Instead, it's solid, healthy year-on-year growth. Second, Twilio has a land and expand strategy where they acquire new customers and then those customers spend more and more money with Twilio over time as Twilio continues to roll out new services like the ones I just talked about. Multiply that by the fact that online markets are still growing year over year, and that's how Twilio achieves exponential growth, even if their market share overall stays the same. The third thing to point out is that this is an election year, which is a huge catalyst for Twilio. The U.S. midterm elections are coming up, and campaigning politicians and super PACs are perfect examples of huge organizations that would rather buy this kinds of communication infrastructure than build it themselves, and they're perfect customers for data services like Twilio Segment. The amount of political communications and marketing that Twilio supports is so big that they have to call it out separately in their year-on-year revenue growth charts. Twilio grew revenues by almost 40% if you don't include political clients in their previous comps. Twilio grew at an astounding 60% compound annual growth rate from 2016 to 2021. And when I started talking about Twilio in this episode, I said it's the same market cap as it was nearly three years ago in 2019. So, doing a little math, Twilio's revenues are almost four times bigger today than when they first hit the same market cap, and they're still growing fast. I think this business-to-business communications platform should be on everyone's radar, and that's why I'm slowly averaging in. The third company on the list is UiPath, ticker symbol P-A-T-H. UiPath went public about a year ago and has been slowly moving down into the right ever since. It's down 80% from its all-time highs. UiPath is a software company that focuses on RPA, or Robotics Process Automation. The enterprise RPA market is just now beginning and will continue to grow for years to come. UiPath defines RPA as a software technology that makes it easy to build, 
deploy, and manage software robots that emulate human interactions with digital systems and software. Here's what that really means. UiPath builds bots that manage simple but repetitive workflows like invoicing, email filtering, data gathering and entry, and formatting, stuff that we all do over and over again at work. An example workflow for UiPath's bots could be something like parsing emails for data and entering that data into a bunch of other forms and applications, for example, like into help desk tickets. UiPath spots use computer vision to identify on-screen elements like buttons, text boxes, and form fields, which means they can do their job even if a website or application changes the way it looks over time. UiPath can also use natural language processing, which lets people create more advanced automations with little to no code. UiPath has developed an entire suite of tools for building and managing these bots, not just the bots themselves. The end goal here isn't only to put an end to repetitive tasks, but to fully emulate human workers, at least in some roles. To do that, UiPath has built tools that discover new processes within an organization that can and should be automated. That means they build software bots that build software bots to target the most monotonous jobs currently being done by humans. Let's check out UiPath's financials next. It's important to understand how UiPath makes money. Just like Shopify and Twilio, UiPath is setting itself up to be very sticky. The more processes that customers automate with UiPath, the more costly it becomes if they want to switch to a competitor down the road. Are you seeing the pattern here? Dollar-based net retention rate is a measure of how sticky a company is. For every $1 spent with UiPath last year, their customers are spending an average of $1.45 with them this year. So clients are happy and automating more work. Their total ARR has been growing at a whopping 59% year over year. It's growing so fast because UiPath is a subscription business and makes more money when customers buy more bots, subscribe to more kinds of products, or expand the scope of work that the robots end up automating. They're also getting in the door with a lot of new customers. Their customer count grew by 28% year over year. The number of customers paying them over $100,000 grew by 49% year over year. And the customers paying them over a million dollars grew by a whopping 77%. And don't forget, these numbers will continue to grow as UiPath acquires more new customers and as existing customers automate more work with them. And just like Shopify and Twilio, it's not all sunshine and rainbows for UiPath. UiPath was founded in Romania. They're really feeling the impact of both the Russia-Ukraine war and foreign exchange effects of the US dollar getting stronger. These are real additional headwinds that could cost UiPath up to $40 million just this year alone. I really think that UiPath is the highest risk, highest reward play of these three because they can automate so many different kinds of workflows that touch almost every industry. The question I have is whether enough businesses will spend the time and money to use UiPath while budgets are getting tighter and tighter. If so, UiPath can help businesses make up for some of the knowledge worker shortages that they're facing right now. But if customers would rather go with something like Microsoft's Power Automate because they're already familiar with Microsoft's brand name and products, UiPath has a much harder road ahead of them than they did when interest rates were low and stock prices were high. So there you have it. Three business-to-business -business tech platforms that have been growing like crazy, even while their stocks have dropped 80% from their all-time highs. I think I'd be happy to hold all three of these businesses for the next 10 years. Shopify for commerce, Twilio for communications, and UiPath for worker automation. By the way, all three of these companies are still led by their founders who still have significant stakes in these companies, just in case you were worried about their leaders not being aligned with shareholders. And Kathy Wood has been aggressively buying them as their prices keep falling. 
All three of these companies are still top positions for ARK Invest today. Thanks for watching, and until next time, this is Ticker Symbol U. My name is Alex, reminding you that the best investment you can make is in you.